Welcome to the Keep Smiling podcast. I'm Lara Rebecca, a mental health and eating disorder awareness advocate, public speaker and sports science student. Through using my previous experiences of anorexia nervosa, depression and anxiety disorder, I aim to raise awareness, to educate and hopefully reassure others within a similar predicament that they're not alone. This podcast features honest and uplifting discussions focusing upon mental health, mindset, psychological resilience and growth, with an overall aim to destigmatize the conversations circulating mental health, challenge predetermined societal stigmas and share some truly inspirational and motivational stories. Today I'm joined by Scarlett, an eating disorder intervention coach and bulimia specialist. We begin by having a very open and raw discussion regarding our experiences with anorexia nervosa and binge purge anorexia, how the daily rituals of disordered habits can slowly amalgamate, become your normality and almost begin to dictate your lifestyle and identity. We also chat about how self-imposed isolation can provide a sense of control, a sense of safety and an opportunity to engage in disordered behaviours without distraction, judgement and the potential for outside influences to interject. We then discuss the value of considering the underlying psychological factors and the origins of the illnesses to enable recovery, the power of steadily removing yourself from the identity and the gratifying process of finding your true authentic self away from the harmful influences of the eating disorder. We hope this episode could be helpful for those struggling, providing advice and hope. However, we also hope that this discussion can facilitate those who are interested in learning more about eating disorders, providing a deeper understanding of the highly complicated and unique and destructive element of the illnesses. Hello everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Keep Smiling podcast. Today I'm joined by Scarlett. Could you briefly give a bit of an insight and an introduction to yourself to the listeners? Yes, hello, my name is Scarlett, Scarlett O'Connor. I am a therapist, qualified therapist, traditional BACP type stuff after my psychology degree. But my love and my main work has been in emotional freedom technique for the last, I think, five or six years. But more recently, I've moved into just working solely with um, eating disorder clients. I suppose to get right into it then, what was the motivation behind you undergoing this trajectory? I had 25 years myself of eating disorders. So I recovered probably almost a decade ago now, fully recovered. Could you provide a bit more of an insight as to possibly initially what were your experiences in regards to how it initially developed, how it manifested and the way it impacted your life? Yeah, I mean, I, I started from a young age, I had an undiagnosed health problem and dyslexia as well. So I had, you know, my own issues going on. And I learned from a very early age that food was a very good way of dealing with emotions and feelings and, and silencing myself and my body. I think my mental and physical link to food started very, very young and I gained weight, obviously. So I began being, binge eating at a very young age and um, I would binge until I was ill, made myself sick. And my weight obviously went up as, as I got older, uh, which had a negative effect on my relationship with my peers and my education. I think I was about 19 when I actually started properly purging in relation to a, a, an extreme diet, which was in fact anorexia. 
I'd got to the point where I'd, I wanted to change my body so much so that I was determined. Um, that progressed into anorexia, which then led to bulimia. You know, I went into the physiological state of starvation and, and then one day it triggered a binge and, and I, I purged. And then from then I had um, quite quite severe binge purge anorexia for, from that age to about 38, so very long time. I think the one thing that you mentioned there that is really important to highlight just for somebody to understand the true complexity and the true reality of life with these disorders, tendencies, and a full belief disorder is the fact yeah. that it's the identity component really does take over. And it's not just you engaging in the odd habit because you want to lose some weight. It's no. something that's fully destructive in the sense of you committing your identity and your lifestyle and your characteristics to want to embed yourself within this illness which is mm. as you stated has gradually crept in over time but the behaviors yeah. almost become a part of you become your normality become the way that you do abc the way that you conduct your daily lifestyle and it just mm. gradually manifests into who you are not just something that you have most definitely and in my, i think in my case <clears throat> the the very young age that it started is is really strong evidence for the fact that it is it is an identity thing and and these things are about our core beliefs and how we feel about ourselves it's not very often eating disorders are yes they're related to weight and shape of course you know of course they are but not everybody gets eating disorders in relation to weight or shape not everybody descends into that kind of you know habitual behavior who has weight issues for example I think that it's laid down in our early years within traumas within our core beliefs and 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 the way that we're physically and mentally made up but no I think it's very very deep set in people's identity that the the origins in different ways for everybody the the psychological underpinnings the triggers Mm. you know the previous experiences what has manifested what has caused you to think of a certain way your perspectives they all kind of morph and you know sometimes can unfortunately develop into something quite catastrophic in you know regards mm-hmm. for somebody's health and when you're saying about your experiences from the age of 19 to 38 that's a long time a catastrophic effect on me and my life I isolated myself completely away from society um friends I had you know not not much of a life at all I just wanted to to be on my own I didn't have anything to do with anybody at all that isolation and that intentional isolation it was such a key component for myself too as well as many others um Mm. it's the fear that somebody else will take the control away from you it's the fear that somebody would embed their opinions or cause you to not engage in certain behaviors because they're a distraction or you know, if when you're on your own, you're independent, you have full control, you have full capacity, you have the full ability and capabilities to engage in the behaviors that you want to engage in. And you don't have the judgment, you don't have, you know, the secondary opinions of others that don't understand this commitment that you want to give to this identity. It's like say, but I don't know about you, but you have this voice that kind of develops. I think anybody listening who, who's got an eating disorder or had an eating disorder would relate to this voice that kind of it comes alongside it all and and when you're alone and isolated like you say that voice it, it just takes over and it becomes your 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 complete identity and it's almost like you don't want to let it be interrupted exactly as you described you don't want any outside influence you don't want anybody to to interject because it keeps you safe in a way doesn't it but i don't think that voice that that 
part of the eating disorder is when it's undisrupted it, it really does take over and it has an awful effect on you and every, you know everybody around you absolutely and I know this could be a bit of a oversimplification but mm-hmm. when it came to your recovery and removing yourself from that identity what were those stages for you now because I hear you say that you're fully recovered and I feel mm-hmm. like not many people have the confidence to yeah. use fully recovered as it a quotation is a bit of a bold statement isn't it and I've got there it's nine years but I, I am there so how was that experience for you and what did you do do you think that was successful in providing you that freedom of being fully recovered so I mean I got to a point with with my eating disorder that my health deteriorated after about six six or seven years and and always for me and again I would never glorify eating disorders in any way shape or form that the the addiction and the rituals that I was caught up in my my brain chemistry was obviously all over the place with the dopamine and you know the highs and lows of it all um but I I got myself to a place where my health <clears throat> deteriorated so rapidly my teeth, the enamel were absolutely destroyed on my teeth. Even breathing was painful. I did go to the doctors and they admitted me. Um, I left. <laughs> I didn't want to stay. Um, but I literally eventually, I, I'm obviously condensing it, but I did reach a breaking point, an absolute breaking point. I was, you know, my BMI was critically low um, and I was facing being sectioned. It, it was it was a life and death thing with me. I had to make a decision but I had to face the fact that it was kind of like do or die for me. I either stop now and make changes in my life or I lose my children and, and my husband and my home and I'm taken away from all of these things. Um, but it did have to get to a critical point for me. And, and I would be lying if I said before that even my children or I eased up in pregnancy, of course, because there was someone else inside my body and, and eating disorder for me was a lot about self-harm. Um, so I was able to ease up in pregnancy, but nothing ever stopped me until I got, and I had a, every intervention that was available on the NHS. I tried so many different therapies, um, but I had to get to that critical point for me. I had to get to breaking point um, and make a decision. And it was it was a yes or no thing. So I had to face up to it. Um, and I did. And and what I did very slowly over a period of time was I kind of, and it wasn't easy. I'm talking about, I just got up one morning and recovered. No, I didn't. I, I went through, it was hell. Um, but physically, I'd got to the point where I couldn't carry on. My body was not able to binge and purge anymore. Um, and at that point, I had to self-review. So I kind of looked at everything that I had attempted. So I think, I don't think there's a therapeutic method out there that I didn't try (laughs) so I kind of reflected back on everything and looked at what didn't work and did the complete opposite and I really had to look at myself in a cold hard light and say this is you know you are enabling this Scarlett you are the person who is doing this this is your doing you're not a victim of this anymore yes you have an eating disorder yes it's an addiction it's a mental health issue but it is not me and that that was the first part of recovery for me I don't know what happened but I just suddenly thought this voice this this disorder this this isn't me it's separate from me and that was that was one of the key moments that I remember was that realization actually 
you know, we are we are separate things. It's not inherently me. And and I went from there. I went from there. But it was a breaking point. I had to get to that breaking point. And then it was this realization because I used to read things and think, oh, genetically, I must be. And which which keyed back to my childhood, being told you're genetically flawed, something wrong with you. I used to think, oh, I must be, you know, I must have been born like this. It must just be the way I am. You know, all these all these ritualistic habits that I have in relation to my eating disorder, which I do not have now. Quick scan at the mess in my house. <laughs> I do not have any of those those personality traits now. But I used to believe so, so very strongly that I was broken and flawed from a young age and that this is the way that I was. And obviously this is me, but no. You know, you definitely recognise that there are so many underlying psychological consequences that have to be recognised. And it's funny, there are a lot many parallels with what you said then. It was, it was almost a threat of getting sectioned because yeah. at that critical point, you don't think it's a critical point because you still want to continue going. And you have all of these statistics, all of these hard-hitting facts put in your face about this could happen to you, this could happen to you, this could happen to you. And it goes through one ear and out the other. And it's a process mm. you have to really undertake to truly understand the significance of the situation. And also you tie in the concept of identity again. It's not just realizing, you, you know, for myself, a big revelation was learning that I am not anorexic. I am Lara who has anorexia and giving that balance and learning that the fact that I can't give this illness so much power and associating myself to it, associating my identity, cloying my way so tightly to this. Because if it's something that I'm trapped within, inevitably recovery is going to be very difficult. So do you think that was almost the biggest part of your recovery was just learning that this is separate and trying to find you as a separate individual? It was definitely a key part of my recovery. It was definitely one of the first things that I remember this recognition that I don't actually know who I am at this point. I, I don't have any knowledge or understanding of who I am. And that was a real, I suppose, you know, clinically you could call it an identity crisis or something, but I remember looking in the mirror and and seeing the state of my body and, and the way that I was and thinking, I, I don't know who you are. I don't know you. I don't associate with you. Um, all I know is this eating disorder and this bulimic person that does the same thing every day. And that that was a massive, massive key part of it, the, the separation of me. And I remember thinking, I have an addiction. I have the brain, the chemicals in my brain are, are running to an addiction. I'm addicted to binging and purging and I have a mental health issue. But who am I? And that was huge for me. It was absolutely huge. And that has been absolutely massive right the way through my recovery. And that's how I know that I'm truly recovered. The, the things that have happened to me over the past almost a decade um, have taken me on a journey of self-discovery. And now I'm at, at, at the place I'm at now. I know that I know who I am and I understand myself and who I am. Yeah, so yeah, it, those things were key me the separation of myself from the eating disorder and realizing that I needed to get to know who I was underneath it. Recovery is a long and tedious process and we need to recognize the fact that recovery from an eating disorder isn't just stabilizing your BMI isn't just 
avoiding refeeding syndrome isn't just adjusting your relationship with food it's adjusting your relationship with yourself Mm -hmm. and looking at the fundamental and looking at that foundation because ultimately everything else is a subsequent from that we can't just look at the symptomatic elements and hope that the psychological components manage to figure the way out because if you start gaining weight and you start having to introduce food back and you've still got a disordered mindset once you remove yourself from care you're immediately going to fall back into those bad habits because you've not recognized or appreciated the underlying psychological complexities which led you there in the first place and yes it's harder it's more complicated but a hell of a lot more sustainable for the long-term success of your eating disorder recovery most definitely and you'll find that people will fluctuate as well if they if they if they are in intense therapy and they are like you say refed or they're they're under supervision and then they're kind of just right you've, you've done it now you've got to a certain set point where you're, you're eating x amount of food a day off you go it will not it will just flip then the nature of an eating disorder is so fluid it changes over time anyway the reasons that we start are not the reasons that we're we're continuing two three four five six years down the line and it's the same in recovery like you say if the mindset doesn't change it, it needs to be psychological and physical both things need to be in tune with each other or people will just flip from one thing to the other or or even find their way into other mental health issues and addictions because there is that unmet ununderstood part of them that hasn't been been healed solved or whatever you word you want to use for it but recovery is a journey most definitely and it has a lot of components to it it's not just the physical like you say what has recovery mm. allowed you what is the freedom like what is what why, why do we recover what is the value of it and kind of inspire somebody who's possibly within oh. that circumstance whether within this difficult period why should we embed ourselves into that initially quite uncomfortable challenge of recovery the value of coming out the other side definitely outweighs the difficulty that recovery initially requires it's so hard to see because the initial stages are so unpleasant and so difficult and you're coming out of something that is comfortable you, you you're in a routine you know you know what you're doing your eating disorder is established it's it's serving you it's it's serving you you might not think so at the time the pet the, the supper all thing that they are it the sort of it's obviously serving you so those initial stages are so uncomfortable and unpleasant that it's so hard to actually see you know when you when I hear people say I really want to recover but they don't actually want to go through what they need to go through in order to get there. I try to, um, it's very, very, it's very difficult. You can't, you can't teach somebody about self-love. I'm not a great believer that you can have a course or, or, or a book or a lesson about loving yourself and understanding yourself. You know, it's a process and I try and, uh, educate or discuss with people how it will feel for them as a person to know themselves outside of the eating disorder to understand themselves without the things that they do on a daily basis in order to get by and to cope with feelings and emotions because as you probably know when you are in the thick of an eating disorder it deals with everything from happiness to sadness to every single rate you know thing emotion and feeling that we go through it is filtered through and dealt with by our disordered self and disordered eating so I try and have discussions about what it will be like without that which sounds very basic but it, it does strike up that kind of thought in the mind what would life be like 
without this disordered self, which is the start point, most definitely. Um, but to, to ask me about recovery instantly, your people probably hear the smile in my voice. It is, I can't even put into words how I, you know, it doesn't matter what happens in my life now, I just wake up with this feeling of 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 joy and, and gratitude. I don't need a journal. <laughs> it's just inherently in me. It's about learning who you are without your eating disorder and learning to love that person. The process of recovery is certainly long and tedious, but is also extremely gratifying when you come to that point and you start realising that life is exciting. But it's, again, that process of figuring out life without the norms of the rituals and the routines and the behaviours and embedding healthier coping mechanisms, yes, but also embedding also just a love for life and motivation and positivity and happiness and engaging in yeah and engaging in positivity and having now the opportunities to go see your friends to go play in the park because you actually have the energy to um all of these things combine gradually and almost manifest into increased motivation for you to continue recovery because all of a sudden you're living a life that you're smiling and you're having fun and you know for me like you're throwing bubbles around Butte Park in Cardiff on an August afternoon with your best mate after grabbing a meal deal and it's just life is just exciting and when you don't have the catastrophic voices of an eating disorder overtaking you it is really freeing so for anyone listening if they are in that circumstance where the initial stage of recovery seem extremely daunting Yes, it's going to be challenging. Yes, it's going to be turbulent. Yes, the process is definitely not going to be linear. But coming out the other side where you do feel freedom, you do have the ability to live life, not just exist, not just survive. It's so worthwhile. Oh, it is. And and one thing I will add, and I just it just came into my mind when you were describing the thoughts and the feelings, with without your disordered eating, you definitely, definitely go through a process, especially in the early stages of recovery, of actually having to sit with, experience and feel feelings. And that is something that I see so often in practice. People are just whoa, how what do I how and I went through that as well. I went through rage. I went through anger because I'd numbed all of those parts of me with either anorexia or bulimia. Bulimia is a good way of dealing with rage and anger because it's so violent and assaultive, you know, on the self and an anorexia is a good way of being small and, and not seen and heard, etc. So as you go into recovery, you know, you feel so many feelings that you didn't feel before. And I would say to people, there are positives in that because I actually quite enjoyed going through the stages of rage and anger and and and, and not always, you know, it was hard. But it was killing me. I'm really annoyed. And I can actually feel this, this velocity of feelings that I didn't feel before. And um, so that is a huge thing that people need to think about and it's not always negative like you you do have to sit with feelings you must have been there yourself you have to sit with feelings and emotions that you previously would have numbed out and dealt with and I mean I was just like kind of like this sort of flatline numb once all of that was removed I had to deal with the the ups and downs and the you know the fluctuations of normal emotions with your experiences not only personally Mm. professionally are there any pieces of advice perhaps that you could give to somebody who could be listening in that you know questioning stage of if recovery is worth it or somebody that's just generally struggling with an eating disorder do you have any advice for those people 
I definitely do. And I have advice to people around them. And it's that the first, the first port of call is to understand that you initially will be dealing with your eating disordered voice. And that's what I call it because I can't think of any other way to, I won't call it an identity or a personality because it is not so. It is a voice in the head heard from a mental health issue and an addiction. And to me, it's kind of like to get that understanding across that when you initially start, you will be dealing with that voice. So reason with it, talk to it, you know, discuss with it, separate it from yourself and have have you know a, a level of understanding of that to start with and for people around sufferers they have to understand that when they approach to help that's the first thing that they're going to meet that resistance within the eating disorder and it's going to get shut down straight away does that make sense it's kind of like people will come and say let me help you let me help you eat and the first reaction is not going to be the person clear as the person it's going to be the eating disorder self it's going to come forward and say no thank you I'm fine as I am and it works with yourself so that piece of advice is huge and I do see recognition of oh actually there is another thing there that's talking alongside another part and that's actually me so that's the first kind of thing that I would advise is to 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 look at that um and that goes back to separating again from me and sort of from yourself. But recovery is so, so very worth it. I mean, you know, we could talk about that all day, couldn't we? It's just, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And to be free of that constant mind chatter, that assault on the self, um, there are no words for it. It's a beautiful thing. And to get to know yourself and, and become who you are is is amazing. Whoever you are underneath it all, it is a beautiful thing to be free of it, most definitely. Absolutely. And I know this conversation is not only going to be beneficial for those who are struggling in regards to mm-hmm. understanding the stages of separation of recognition, but also for people who, as you mentioned very quickly, then the people around them. So it's mm. not just saying, oh, just eat. Oh, just deal with it. Oh, snap out of it. It's not those simplistic terms that are going to allow somebody to have this healing, holistic recovery journey that is going to provide long term success. You know, Mm -hmm. fundamentally, when we're talking about eating disorder recovery, it is about the identity. It is about that removing of the behaviors that you've become so heavily ingrained within. You know, fundamentally, it's just about reassessing your life. What are your priorities? Do you want to live life or do you want to survive and exist? Mm -hmm. As we say, recovery is complicated. Recovery is challenging. But coming out the other side and having the sense of freedom, having the sense of autonomy over yourself and not feeling so catastrophically associated to an identity that's only harming you is freeing and it is lovely and hopefully with some insight and some support an ability to express your emotions and patience you know it can be possible yeah and if you do it in a way that you have looked at everything and reformulated it without actually removing or or denying revisited you've rewritten it and you you can rewrite the past you know you can literally rewire everything and reset rather than stop and that's so so important